0: over 10 years ago, George Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney and gave up his creative control and financial control and executive control of his company. Now that it's been over 10 years, we've had a lot of Star Wars. We're going to look back on that monumental, just game changing moment in film and TV history and maybe debate whether or not it was the right time and all those sorts of things. But welcome, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Yeah, it's our discussion show, so we're going to get into it a bit later, talking about that move that George Lucas made in 2012, um, which a lot came with it because I'll never forget seeing the 3D Phantom Menace release early in 2012, and they were supposed to do the rest of the prequels, and then before you know it, things changed, and away we go. But with me, as always, James and Lacey, Uh, I don't know if I said I'm John, but that is who I am. Um, We have, yeah, it's going to be a good show today. So uh, first off, I just want to say hello. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing good. I'm good. Another week.
0: Another week. Now, I didn't ask you guys on TRB Live on Thursday, but how was your fourth? Did you guys uh, have a good time? All fingers? Everyone got their fingers? Yeah. All right.
1: I had like four events like I think we did a July 1st, a July 3rd, a July 4th, and a July 5th. Yep. <sighs> That's a lot. Yeah. Means- it had mostly to do with the fact that family was in town. So on the third, um, we were celebrating um my brother-in-law's retirement from the military, uh, 36 oh, years. So we had we had a surprise party for him and invited military buddies and family and, and other friends and things. So there was that that happened on the third. And then on the fifth, we were celebrating their kids birthdays. Cause they don't normally get to celebrate it with this portion of the family. Cause they're, they live far away. So they're like one of their birthdays is July 4th. And the other one is close enough that we're like, okay, yeah, we'll just do both birthdays on this night. And so another big family event, you know, so.
2: Nice.
1: Very good.
2: I I, <laughs> I did nothing. Um I got five guys over the weekend, which was pretty sweet because we decided it was just cheaper and easier to get burgers somewhere else than to grill them ourselves. Um right. and then on fourth of and July you
1: can add A1 and, and jalapeno peppers and stuff.
2: Yeah, if you want <laughs> that. Um and then on fourth of July I actually made tortellini and ro- oven roasted broccoli for dinner. And America. Uh, america but it is truly america because i had the freedom to choose what i wanted to eat um anyway
1: like a mexican restaurant
2: um which i would have loved mexican honestly i just had tortellini and broccoli i have this really good broccoli recipe if anybody's interested let me know um but the fun thing that we did was who is it that loves broccoli darth our patrons
0: Yeah, 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 Dana (laughs) Carvey.
2: No, Darth Hurricane. Um, Both. A bunch of our neighbors uh, got a bunch of fireworks, like a ton. So at first we put Daisy to sleep thinking like, oh, maybe she'll sleep through it. And she didn't. So we brought her downstairs and put her out, like brought her outside with us. And we sat there on our front steps and watched our neighbors set off these gigantic, huge, totally illegal fireworks but she loved it. She was obsessed. And then the next day she was going
0: pow, pow, pow,
2: pow, all day. <laughs> so I that's thought it cool. was a pretty good, pretty good day.
0: Nice. I got we it.
1: sat down to watch fireworks, because you can see them from our house. We sat down to watch fireworks and I told Bennett it's probably gonna be a, a maybe like a twenty minute show or our bigger city does a twenty five minute show or something. I was like, that's fine. I don't know what happened. I can only assume there was a malfunction, but they, there were fireworks going off for that event for an hour. They just kept going for an hour. I would say maybe like 40 minutes in there was what could maybe be assumed like some type of final finale or something where there were a bunch shooting off at once. But then they kept going <laughs> for another like 15, 20 minutes. That's just, just every show. once in a while there'd be some more. And it's like, are they seriously still going? So it ran for 59 minutes by my count from first to last firework. Yeah. I used to go down
2: to the beach in Fairfield, Connecticut, because my parents grew up in Fairfield. But they just made it now that if you're not from the town, you can't see them anymore.
0: Mm. Uh, yeah, that's oh, not really? very, hmm. that's not that's not in the spirit, in my opinion.
2: That's very Connecticut for you, though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I was sick. Get m- off weekend. my beach. <laughs> I had another bug and I was like, it's not feeling good. And then I finally turned it around. I was feeling better Sunday and then um, uh, or Monday. And then Tuesday on because I didn't work Monday, we went to my brother-in-law's and he has an in-ground pool or we swimming. The kids had a blast in the pool and I got wasted. I was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Because my brother-in-law who hosts, he's like, keep throwing them back. Let's go. I'm like, all right. Oh, my God. What day was this? Tuesday, 4th of July.
1: Oh, Tuesday, 4th of July. I was thinking it was Wednesday because then you're like – I signed
0: us up for threads. <laughs> like, no, no. But, so here I am yeah. in
2: my house, like classical music, cooking oven, roasted broccoli. And John's
0: like, <gasps> I was probably a quarter mile from your house at another house. <laughs> obliterated. I was, yeah, I was just going for it. Uh, the kids were having a blast in the pool. I was in the pool, throwing them around, driving Daisy around in her little, uh, like she could sit in this tube and like pretend she's driving in the pool. And then he had like these, you know, the fagazi like fireworks you buy at like Target or Walmart like, or whatever why? that <laughs> the, the kids like them, you know? Um, but my wife he had to drive us home, of course. So you know. So she gets home and I on fourth of July at 10 PM, I door Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm only saying that because I love our audience so much that I just want to be transparent because we've all had <laughs> those moments where we just like order something late and it's just, you know, I've heard stories of people ordering stuff and passing out and not even getting it to the next, picking it up to the next morning. But I ate Taco Bell as the last thing I did on the 4th of July. And you're right, Lacey, when it comes to the freedom of choice, I exercise that freedom. <laughs> I was going to say you had Mexican, but you know, what's funny. People July- celebrate this idiot on Coney Island, shoving 75 hot dogs in his mouth. 62. Whatever it was. And they're like, oh, he's a hero. He's a champion. I order Taco Bell at 10 p.m. I think I'm the champion, especially because I am the Taco <clears throat> Bell champion of TRB.
2: It explains why the next day I was like, so how was your holiday? You're like, I need to go on a diet. I need to like- <laughs> Did I say weight? that? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's just one day off. But now- yeah, no. it was,
0: Oh, it was a day. I went for it i was i was a free, i was it was a free day it was a day of freedom well every beer is um, like
2: a cheeseburger and calories Fun
0: i had fact. a bunch of beers yeah um, <laughs> yeah i had a cigar it was it was a good day <laughs> but also i was you know really in the pool taking care of the kids i was doing everything i was supposed to do you were
2: wasted taking care of your kids
0: in a pool no no at that point it wasn't but <laughs> nighttime, when they're sitting there in the blanket watching the fireworks you know that's when it's really started setting in um but we're here to talk star wars and i hope everyone else had a wonderful fourth of july obviously if you're not in the us i hope whatever you did in a day on was over Tuesday, the weekend yeah i hope everyone is just doing well in general i hope your summers are going well and you're getting ready as the march to ahsoka begins um i think we are launching the marketing campaign for ahsoka since they they're not um so we'll <laughs> kick that going soon um, but anyway, let's kick things off with our first segment of the day called Will of the Force. I fear nothing for all this, as the Force wills it.
1: Yes, the Force wills it. And uh, we do this segment because it allows us to include our patrons. If you are a patron of TRB, um, you can uh, submit questions there. And we're going to kick it off with one of our Spice Runners who asked us the question. Um, well, it was the Ford Worthian. AKA Ryan uh, hey Ryan, our newest spice runners who asked the question uh, Ryan wanted to know what is the future of visions? Uh, there's been some great original content. Do you think we will see some of the characters make their way uh, and expand into other shows and other content A live action Lola maybe from Sith? Um, Lacey, what do you think of uh, Ryan's question here? Do you think there's any chance that they'll expand on some of the Visions content?
2: Ryan, great question. I am so pumped that you're talking about Visions because I feel like, you know, just like with season one, it happens that Visions takes place, we blow through it, and then nobody talks about it again, except like every once in a while, like randomly a GIF will go out on the internet. Um, So I'm so glad that you enjoyed it because I really, really, really did. I I loved this season, I think, more than the last season. Um, But it was just such a wonderful kind of, like, taste of different cultures across the world in the the lens of Star Wars. Um, As for the future of Visions, I believe they're doing another season. If not officially announced, someone hinted at it at some point that they have more stories to tell or it's already in production, but they haven't really explicitly said that. I'm trying to remember where I read that and or heard it from someone, but I don't think Visions is going anywhere. I think it's something that's a really cool way to celebrate Star Wars across the world Um, and also brings in new fans. Cause I think a lot of people, especially on the anime side with season, volume one of Visions, didn't really like Star Wars, but they're like, oh, but this is anime. I'll definitely check it out. So I think that these kind of animation all the different types of animation that they do. These stories are bringing in people that maybe aren't interested in star Wars, but are interested in just animation or different storytelling in general. Um, as for the characters making the jump to the live screen, live action, big screen. I, I loved Lola and Sith. Sith was one of my favorite, uh, shorts from this past volume. Uh, I got to talk to Rodrigo Blas, which is on our YouTube channel. He was awesome. He's the writer director. I, he hinted at having some more stories to tell with lola but i know that we heard that from creators with volume one Mm -hmm. and unfortunately we haven't seen that transpire yet Mm -hmm. i don't think we're going to see that and the reason is because these stories aren't canon they don't fall into the canon of star wars um so i don't think they're going to make that jump Um, could they pull ideas from these stories or maybe have characters in live action or new stories that are inspired by maybe some of these? Sure. That's a possibility. But I think currently right now they're leaving these stories and characters and themes and stuff like that in these visions kind of episodes. And they're not going to transpire elsewhere. That's just me.
0: Yeah. John, what do you think? Um, So, Lacey, that was Jeff Snyder who said season three was in development. Thank you.
2: I couldn't remember who it was, but I should have assumed it was Jeff because Jeff knows everything.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) I think the day uh, season two came out, he said it's in development. Yeah, it's already Um,
2: in it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: I don't think they'll be expanded upon for the sake of respecting what they are. And I think the cool part about talking about Visions uh when we did on the podcast uh and the videos and stuff was the wonderment of i wonder what happened to that character or i wonder where that character came from and i think the artistic impression is perfect for that for visions because like you said lacy it's not beholden to canon it's not that precious in that way and people are allowed to use their imagination to say i think this happened to lola i think as at the end of screechers reach uh maybe this happened afterwards or you know that things. one really
2: stuck with you huh
0: it's it was very depressing I don't like the idea. <laughs> it really
2: stuck with you because every time we talk about visions you bring up screechers reach
0: yeah that one and the last one I liked a lot i
2: song yeah it was great yeah
0: with screechers reach there's something about seeing somebody who looks like they're going to this point of no return like there's no going back and there might be regret sure. that bothers me uh so anyway i i i think visions is exactly where it needs to be and i think messing with that too much like the ronin book is fine but i think expanding about it too much then it all of a sudden just becomes just another star wars project and i like that it has its own thing where you watch this eight nine minutes whatever they you know each episode is and you get to you know, interpret, like, I think this this character winds up going here or going there. And and you can say whatever you want and believe and think whatever you want about it. And I think that's what's special about it. So I'm going to say no. But great, great, great question. Thank you.
1: Um, for me, I, I think they're definitely going to continue to do visions as as they are. Um, the one thing doing a little bit of research here is that the Ronin book is, I believe, the only piece of content that has been Outside of visions um, or continuing any stories from that in any way and what's interesting about it is you would think you know Well, maybe they'll do something like that for season two as well Well, actually visions uh, The Ronin book was announced about six months before visions season one debuted So if they were planning to do anything with season two, they would have already announced it uh, because the, 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 expansion for it came before they revealed the actual content.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, now what's interesting about it is that I think that there is a good opportunity for people who like visions to make an extra buck on them by doing a novel or doing a you could do a comic book or you could do you could hire you could use the the visions as the new like fancy way of saying star wars not canon you know and you could if you wanted to get some really good um foreign authors to to put together a comic series you know a, a short run of that and call it visions and let them tell their story in that that way um <clears throat> and still have the star wars on it you know or whatever um i think there's more that they could do with visions but the way that it is because it, it keep in mind too is based on a book so it's not like it's not like it's just re back visions there was this there was the 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 book that was like, these are all these ideas and concepts for star Wars that never came to be if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, but I think there's more they could do, but unfortunately I just don't think they are. I think they they just want to keep it as a, um, a special like promotional piece around um, uh, a low time to kind of give a little bit of boost to star Wars. Um, whether that's on like May the 4th or something along those lines, but Uh, Unfortunately, I think that's what we're going to get out of Visions at the best. Um, Let's move on to another question here that has to do with the upcoming Skeleton Crew. Um, Do you think there's any chance that we will see Jude Law ignite and use a lightsaber in Skeleton Crew? John, will we see Jude Law ignite a lightsaber?
0: 100%. 100%. Lock. Book it. It won't be Mm -hmm. early. It'll be one of those things where things are really going down and these kids are like, this guy's kind of helping us, but we think he's a little fugazi. And then all of a sudden lightsaber and he like takes care of business to help the kids out. So I think I'm kidding by saying 100% because I don't know. I'm just trying Mm -hmm. to be funny about it. But I I do think we will see him use a lightsaber in this series.
1: All right. Uh, Lacey, what do you think?
2: 100%
0: <laughs> and now everyone's going to be like Lacey said I... 100%. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I actually genuinely did think this before you said that, but I'm glad you said it too because it makes me feel more confident because every time someone agrees with you, you're like, yes. Uh, uh, we here. talked about this on the Thursday episode about him, Skeleton Crew, and his comments, and how the writer of Entertainment Weekly, EW, had said something about, like, oh, him using the force in the trailer. And I mm-hmm. completely or them hinting at it, should I say. Um, And I had completely forgotten about that uh, because just so much happens at Celebration that you get hit in the face with, that you just, like we have said it before that we wish they released that stuff after the fact so other people can see it. And then not only that, you can go back and reference it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I appreciate the writer putting that in there, but I think he has a Jedi look to him. You know what I mean? Like He's Jude Law. Uh, He's just very kind of, noble looking and he's there to help the kids. Like, it's interesting because he has made comments where they think, you know, when he's acting, like the kids are like, is he mad? And it's like, no, he's just doing his job.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, you know,
2: there have been moments where I was like, is he a bad guy? I don't think he is, I think think he is a Jedi. And I think he's gonna uh, ignite a lightsaber. I think this show is only gonna be better With a lightsaber, I think anytime you can add a lightsaber into Star Wars, it just adds a different type of happiness for me. Um, Because despite what people say, I really do think Star Wars is about lightsabers and family and, you know, finding who you are. But, like, lightsabers and stormtroopers and vehicles and stuff kind of make it what it is. And that noise is, like, unbeatable. So the moment that he does it, it's going to be so hyped. It's going to be so awesome. Um, And it really does explain his excitement to take the role I think because it's one thing for like a Woody Harrelson to be like oh I'm being this like kind of scoundrel guy like that's he was basically playing himself and or (laughs) he was playing Hamich from Hunger Games whereas Jude Law saying like hey I'm taking this role if you get offered to be a Jedi in Star Wars I mean we've heard the Acolyte people talk about it you're not going to say no to that so I'm going to say yes I think you will
1: uh, I actually agree with this. I think it would make a lot of sense to have the kids um, have this person who's looking out for them actually be a Jedi and not be like a Sith who's trying to, you know, turn them or make them dark or something. Uh, that being also said, his mysteriousness could be just simply fact that this takes place as far as we know in the Mandalorian sort of seven years after. um you know uh, yeah it's that sort of like it's that time time frame there and he's i know you can play with ages but he's 50 years old but if you start to put together some pieces there he'd be about maybe 10 or so when order 66 happens so he might be old enough to remember being a jedi and then he's been living on his own they say how old is no jude law is 50 So I'm just saying you have someone who's about 50. Let's just say, assuming he's human or something. Um, In the time era of uh, Mandalorian, it would put him about 10 years old and he could say like, oh, I remember the Jedi. I'm not, I'm something else or something, but he still has his lightsaber. He still sort of grew up on those morals and things like that. He could maybe still call himself a Jedi. It kind of gets interesting when you start thinking about, well, how does that all tie in with Luke and Ahsoka and other characters that are in this time era now? Um, He might just be able to be his own force using. Person, you know, with a lightsaber, but I definitely think the lightsaber is happening, so I think we're uh, all All in agreement on that one. Um, Coming up next on Will the Force, we have another patron uh, submitted question. This one is coming from Commander Ian Thompson and up, Ian? Commander Ian Thompson wanted to know, given his work on season three of Mando, will ILM legend Phil Tippett play a role in the production of any of the upcoming Star Wars films? Lacey, this is back to you on this one. What do you think about Phil Tippett being involved in future Star Wars projects, specifically the films?
2: Hey, Ian. Great question. Um I, so this is going to come from a place of like me wanting something over like if it's actually going to happen or not. So I'm on the side of like Phil Tippett is a legend and not just Star Wars, but in Jurassic Park and all these other movies that we know and love for having like practical creature type stuff. Um, so I want him to play a role in the production of any upcoming Star Wars films. And he did have stuff to do, obviously, in the sequel trilogy with TFA um, and has been working with the Mandalorian with John Favreau. But the thing there is that John Favreau and, in the previous case, J.J. Abrams, are people that know of Phil and want to work with Phil and know of his history and his impact and innovation in his kind of creature shop and practical effects. So I guess my question would be, if I was going to phrase this with a question, would be like, do the people that are working on the new movies know Phil and know of Phil and want to work with Phil? Because what we've seen with Star Wars films and, and television projects in general, or any Star Wars project really, is that people tend to want to work with people they want to work with, especially John Favreau. He's like, I got a guy, I know a guy that would be perfect for this, whether it's an actor or a creature person or whoever, he'll find that person to work with them. So from a place of me wanting Phil to have some type of interaction with Star Wars, I would say yes. But realistically, you know, Phil is getting up there in age. I know he's overseeing his own company and, and and productions on his own. It seemed to me like, especially with The Mandalorian, he was doing it as like a, hey, we're bringing him in because he would be really good at this and he would enjoy doing it. And he worked on, I think, season two. Also, he did like the junkyard type scenes with Bill Burr's character. Um but i don't see him doing any star wars films because you know lucasfilm does have their own creature shop and their own stuff there that phil doesn't work for so unless they're doing something specifically in the aesthetic of what phil does which is like kind of like that claymation look i would say no
1: he's currently 71. yeah so he would be 72 or 73 while working on
2: that project. it really depends on the needs of the project is basically what yeah. my, my my answer boils down to because if they're doing the creature stuff they have their own department that does that so they brought him as a in as a consultant for the dark board and then stuff with the um mandalorian like i said like the junkyard or with mandalore he was brought in as like a consultant outside vendor
1: right yeah, I think Lacey's got the, the right answer on this, um, which is why I'm going to agree with that and see what John also has to say. Do you think there's any chance that we're going to get Phil Tippett involved in the new Star Wars movies?
0: Uh, no, <clears throat> I don't think he has interest in that anymore. Um, mm. I think with him, a lot of it was working with his friends. And, you know, you watch Light and Magic and you you hear him talk about how much he loved working with Dennis Muren and all those guys and how much it meant to him and how much fun he had doing it. And now it, it has moved on to a new generation. So to me, right. this, question, this question is like asking, will George Lucas come back and write Star Wars or direct Star mm-hmm. Wars. It's the same feeling for me. Uh, he recently put out his own uh, stop motion movie, Mad God. Uh, about a year ago, he wrote, directed did the visual effects and mm-hmm. everything on it. Um, very low budget. I still haven't seen it. I want to. I'm just not sure where I can view it. Um, and then everything else he's done to this point has been consulting. He you know, he consulted on the Jurassic World stuff. He, you know, and and that's a loose term. That could just mean, hey, you know, can you Do the dinosaurs
2: I, look legit?
0: Can you look at this real quick for a day? And then they get to slap Phil Tippett's name on there, and people like us yeah. are like, oh, Phil Tippett, ah, Dinosaur so,
1: supervisor.
0: Yeah. His last big thing was being a visual effects supervisor for the Twilight movies, which I didn't even know. Uh, until I, you know, lo- heard that, saw this question and, and looked it up, but it's
2: probably makeup related, I would assume, or like the yeah. movements of the werewolves and stuff.
0: Yeah. Something like that. Probably the transitions from werewolf to human, human, and vice mm-hmm. versa. Yeah. He
1: had a whole thing in ILM. Was, th- was that not him that was talking
0: about the process of like
1: how they used to do it versus like the visual effects. And he's like, I'm out of the job. And like, and he is like trying to,
2: that was light magic. Hard- too.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. During it was, it was a, market, kind everywhere. of a hard transition. Yeah. To, to see so his career maybe going out
0: the he, window he, or whatever. He became more of a supervisor and it's like the eye test and like, is will this pass the eye Just test? Just like the or,
2: body movement of things, usually is yeah. what he's an expert on. Right. Yeah.
0: And he had still even built models that weren't necessarily going to be animated as models, but to give Spielberg and those guys an idea of like how those things should move on a, on a uh, kinetic standpoint right right. um but but long story short i don't think that's anything of interest to him um even with the mandalorian he wasn't like hands-on or anything it was his studio and some you know things that ideas that he had had and that sort of stuff so Mm -hmm. uh i of course would love it uh i think anyone would uh, to have any of those guys back and involved but uh, i think that time has passed for for phil tippett um for him if he ever said i want to come back they'd be like uh can you be here yesterday but yeah yeah
1: um, one last thing to add to that, too, is the uh, is that if you are interested in watching Mad God, it is a shutter original. So you if you subscribe to the horror streaming service Shudder, that's where you can find it okay. It was uh, exclusive to that. Uh, OK, cool Thanks. platform. Um, we have one last question for Will the Force uh, and it's Will one of the kids in skeleton crew be revealed to be force sensitive. John, you want to take this one first? What do you think?
0: I think so. Um, I think that would pair nicely with if Jude Law, obviously, you had some sort of force sensitivity that he senses it in one of the kids, or they sort of discovered on their own. And I'm not saying like a force awakens like Ray, like this sort of chosen one thing, but, um, and I don't mean that this kid's going to become an, a Jedi or anything, but I think that would be pretty cool if we found out one of these four kids, you know, on this adventure, something uh connected with them and also just from the spirit of George Lucas creating these stories like anybody can be a Jedi and you know Luke Skywalker is a farm boy and then he becomes this big galactic hero I like the idea that this shows about these four kids in this impossible situation they're trying to get home and one of them happen happening to be force sensitive uh m- my mind is saying that's more likely than none of them um I'd be perfectly fine if none of them were completely fine, but I just have a feeling that'd be a pretty cool sort of reveal. Um, And it could even be something that's revealed and then it it ends that way. And use like I said about visions, use your imagination to see where that character goes moving forward in the galaxy because it's a vast galaxy. But I think that'd be very cool. So I'm going to say yes. Um, I'm I'm going to say no, actually. I think uh, I think that
1: if they give one of the characters the ability to use the force, it could pull away from Jude Law's character as being like he has that power. And that's mm-hmm. what's so amazing to the four kids. Um, one of the, those kids would have to be like, I've moved stuff before. You know, it's not that big of a deal or something. And I tend to think that when you usually put a group of kids together, you want to usually play to stereotypes of like um, what that could be that that character, sort of like the Ninja Turtles or whatever. Like, I think you'll have a kid who's good at technology. You'll have another kid who's like maybe shy and comes into themselves. You'll have a natural leader. Um, And I don't know that any one of these kids in particular will be the one that has the ability to use the force or would be someone who, I mean, maybe if it's like at the end of the season and it really doesn't have much to do with that season in particular, they could say, and you know that kid you know actually might be able to be trained by jude law's character and that could be cool you know if they go that for the next season or something but i'm gonna say that the four kids have their own grounded unique abilities and not and 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 then they are approached by the wizard and that's what's special about him so Lacey, break our tie what do you think
2: Well, I think if this show was being phrased as Stranger Things, but Star Wars, you'd have to have one kid that has special powers like Stranger Things. So it's not like they said, oh, it's Goonies in Star Wars. They said it's Stranger Things in Star Wars. So to me, that says someone has a power. I think it's gonna be a case of either the main character or the best friend of the main character feels misunderstood and that's what drives them to leave and like run away and then it's a big misunderstanding and they get into more trouble. But the misunderstanding is they don't even understand their own powers and they don't understand what's happening to them. Kind of like a puberty type thing. Like nobody understands what I'm going through. And then Frozen. they run into, <laughs> yeah. Then they run into, um, you know, Jude law who recognizes it, understands it and tries to help them. And through his guidance, the kid, whoever it might be, Uh, realizes it's not a bad thing. It's okay to appreciate and accept who you are, and then also the things you can do with these powers that are good. Mm -hmm. You don't have to hide from who you truly are. Um, I think that this one could make, this one or the lightsaber one could be a good pie bet. (laughs) If I'm being honest. I thought
0: thought you were out of the game.
2: Well, I think I'm right on both these questions, so it's different when you feel like you're really right.
0: Yeah,
1: but you're uh, answering. So you're, you're, the yeah, same so you're asking which one so, would be willing to make the pie bet? Yeah.
2: What do you mean? What? Because you're saying
1: you're 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 solid on your answers, and you think it would make a good pie bet. So you're asking which one of us would be willing to take that bet? I couldn't take it because I'm
0: on. I, I'm agreeing. It with- would
2: literally be John and I versus you, James, because you are the one that disagreed with both these questions. <laughs>
0: No, he said yes to the lightsaber. I said yes to the lightsaber. You said
2: no, to, But you said yes to the lightsaber, no?
0: We all said yes to the lightsaber. Oh, okay. We all said yes. I couldn't
2: remember. But I'm just saying in general, the questions would be a good pie bet. Because that's kind of like this or this that. This
0: one would. This last one would. Because there's valid... I think everyone made a valid case. But um, it would come down to... I think to- it, I. at the end of the day, I feel like we might end up with one of those
1: things where like... It's sort of like uh, Finn or something where you might be like, well, he was and he wasn't, you know, I don't know. Well, you Finn said was. he
2: wouldn't.
0: You yeah, said Finn was. He... Are, we, are we pretending Finn is it's a gray area? No, is that what we're doing? What? I'm saying that some
1: people, some people say that Finn, they didn't pick up that he was force sensitive when they watched the movie. That's their problem. Well, I know I'm just saying <laughs> it, I, I don't want to end up in a debatable thing where we're like, well, they sort of like sensed it. But is that like is that like Leia in Empire where like she's not she's sort of sensing it, but she's not really like a Jedi or a force user. We're not saying Jedi. I don't know. Anyway,
0: yeah,
1: I think you, you don't want to make the bet.
0: I see what you're saying. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't like making bets. I, I don't have anything that's like his palms are sweaty. My mom's spaghetti.
1: i'm just saying i don't think that's a i don't think that's a question that could be like it could be a hundred percent yes or a hundred percent no but i think there's a lot of room in the middle ground that one of those kids could do something where like whoever wants to win would be like that's force sensitivity and it's like james i don't think they're ever gonna
2: leave it open-ended if someone's force sensitive i think they're gonna be pretty straightforward if someone is on with the force. In
0: other words, you'll be able to definitively tell yes. that that person 100%. moved those rocks without their... And
2: if there's an episode that might be like, hmm, maybe they're going to answer it by the end of the season. If the kid is force sensitive or not, there's no way they're going to leave that open-ended.
0: Um, and speaking of which uh, we do have the <laughs> cashing in of the pie bet video coming from London. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, or- I'm slacking. That's my bad. <laughs> I have nothing. I to saw hide. a
0: picture Uh, wait where did i see this picture someone's oh i forget where it was posted but there's a great picture of us after and i have my arm around (laughs) Lacey, and she's just like (laughs) Um, i tried to
2: do it just now i got told no
0: well there's time but Mm. all right james what else you got
1: um, nothing. So if we want to wrap up Will the Force, we can move on to the next section, which is led by Lacey. What do you, what do you got?
2: All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. All right, guys, there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there to 100,000, right, John?
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm taking my measurement
2: 98,000 left to go but whatever we're growing our community there we really appreciate it as you guys know we started over a new channel this past year so any any uh, subscribe or like helps us so if you liked us at the previous channel if you could now like us here it would really mean a lot to us but on top of that you can follow us on all the social channels at TRB podcasts where that's our handle on everything so if you're looking for us just search that. Um, you can also follow us on the audio platform, Spotify or Apple podcast. Please leave us a review. If you have a chance, It'll let us, let us know how we're doing and helps people find us and helps us grow the community. But if you want more than that, and you want to be a part of the resistance and support what we're doing here and what we're trying to build, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast, starting at just $5 a month. You're saying, Hey, I want to be a part of what you're doing here. I want to be part of the team and you get access to exclusive content. We do live streams. Uh, weekly videos, polls, you get Discord access at certain tiers and much, much more. As you go up in the tiers, you get more kind of perks and cool things that you get to engage with us and be a part of the show. So this is another segment that we take stuff, uh, take input from people from Patreon. So I want to say thank you first to our Spice Runners and Generals, who in this segment get to answer a question and then give their answer. Or, yes, we ask them a question, they give their answer, and then we talk about it. So thank you to those generals. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Mori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Micah Harrison, Colin Cormer, Jolton Jedi, DiMaggio, and Diana. Thank you so much. And to our Spice Runners, David Probus Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessey, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers. Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian, a.k.a. Ryan. Thank you so much. This week, we have the famous Pro B1 Kenobi, David Probus, one of the coolest fans out there for Star Wars, and we're lucky to have him in the Resistance. And we asked him, which of the three new, new live-action Star Wars series, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, The Acolyte, are you most eager to see and why? So, David, take it away.
3: What's up TRB fam? It's your boy Proby One Kenobi, Spice Runner Greybeard here, David Probus. And I've been thinking a lot about uh, upcoming projects for Lucasfilm, and I'm in the middle of a Rebels rewatch uh, at the end of season two where Ahsoka fights this guy right here, also signed by Demetrius Bistrzewski, the performance actor for Moby One Kenobi. Really cool guy. Um, And, you know, just my thoughts and stuff. I was not at Celebration, as you know. I was unable, we have not been able to see the Acolyte uh, footage or anything like that. We also have not been able to see much on Skeleton Crew. And I'm a visual guy, and so I have seen visuals for Ahsoka. I love Ahsoka, I love her character, I love her arc. So I am very much excited for Ahsoka, not to say I'm not excited for the others, but I I can only go by what I've seen and the information that I have. And I'm looking forward to Ahsoka. So that's my answer. Pro one Kenobi out.
2: Nicely done, David. Thanks for being on the show. John, what'd you think?
0: The artist formerly known as General Greybeard. Um, <laughs> I mean, you have a great point about your answer. You haven't seen the footage from Skeleton Crew or the Acolyte. So you're leaning toward Ahsoka. And uh, I, I love that you got the, the Vader figure there. And uh, you had one of the stunt guys signing. It It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, how tall was that guy? He had to have been like 6'5", six, 6'7". Six, Those guys are always just beasts. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's cool that you already got your rewatch going. I love seeing that people are talking about that. I'm slacking. I got to get in the mix and start my (laughs) rewatch. Um, but good answer. I I like that. You're also saying Ahsoka because we were just recently talking about like, has there been a mass sort of, uh, you know, lead into Ahsoka so far? When is that going to pick up? So hearing you, who's a big Star Wars fan saying like, no, yeah, I'm ready. I'm jazzed. I'm ready. Hyped up for Ahsoka. Uh, makes me feel good. So uh, I like your answer and appreciate that. And I like that uh, you said Pro B1, Kenobi out. Uh, so <laughs> thank you for all your support, buddy. It's always good to hear from you. And every time you pop in the chat, always brings a smile to my face because you're a good dude. And thanks for uh, all the support, pal. Talk soon.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, uh, David's really keeping us grounded here because you know, like even will the force had two questions about skeleton crew and the three of us are sort of discussing it based on the footage and the trailer that we've seen. And we have this like kind of, uh, you know, looking at it differently than I think the mass majority of people. Um, so that, that's absolutely fair, David, that, you know, a lot of people haven't seen that yet. So the thing that is next on the radar is Ahsoka and that's the next project coming up. There's a lot to be excited for with the stuff with rebels and all that. And, uh, we're a little bit spoiled having been there and, and seen this other thing It says, Oh, the tone of that or the darkness or the way that it's shot or the actors, the, the costumes or something, they all look really cool. It's like most people can't get excited about that. They haven't seen it yet. Um, so uh, it's a good answer and I'm glad that you said it. Um, like I said, always keeping us grounded. Thank you, David, for being on the show.
2: Thank you so much, David. I agree with your answer. I think Ahsoka looks pretty awesome. Uh, If it makes you feel any better, I don't even remember the footage that we saw because it was so long ago. And they show it so quickly, maybe twice, and then that's it. You never see it again. So no, no hurt feelings. I just remember glimpses of things, you know, people's faces and stuff, but I couldn't like tell you a shot by shot. I what?
0: forgot like five minutes after was like... oh
2: God, so much. Um, so don't feel bad, but we're so hyped for Ahsoka and I can't wait to watch that show. I'm just, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing Rosario Dawson back as Ahsoka. I loved her in the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett as Ahsoka and I think she's done an amazing job. So I just, I'm also like partially, really pumped for Dave Filoni. Like, what a career. What a what a journey. <laughs> like been what on. a
0: character arc.
2: Yeah. What a journey for Dave Filoni that he's here. And you could see it at a, you know, a celebration when they announced his movie and everything. He had tears in his eyes. Like, he's just, he had tears in his eyes at the celebration stage when he was talking about it. Like, he's just at a point where he's like, he's, he can't believe he's gotten to here. And is oh. well his girl. So I'm excited to see that come into fruition for him.
0: Um, before we move on, just for a little more hype for anyone watching the video version of the podcast, James, can you give us a Harrison Doula impression, please, real quick? This? yeah, Turn to the side, please. Yeah. Look, look straight ahead. Ahsoka
2: does that, too, in all the shots, too. (laughs) Like
0: I thought I was looking at Harrison Doula. I can't believe (laughs) it.
2: Anyway, uh, David, you're the best. Uh, We (laughs) we wait for the day when we get to, you know, high five you and give you a hug in person. So thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. And now we're going to go, John.
0: All right. Discussion time. What if George Lucas waited to sell Lucasfilm? Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right. So we all know how the story goes. Big announcement. Fall of 2012. George Lucas sells Lucasfilm to disney for over four billion dollars kathleen kennedy who had been with lucasfilm uh recently uh gets shifted into the executive role as president taking over for george lucas they announced the new trilogy 789 all that stuff everyone uh trepidation i remember like i went back to my facebook post it's like oh i can't believe they're doing this why are they going to do this and then i you know you were
2: one of those people
0: i was nervous yeah i was i was absolutely nervous and then you start hearing the buzz that Harrison Ford's coming back and Mark Hamill and stuff, and I start getting excited. And you see like mm-hmm. the set builds of the Millennium Falcon. You're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. They're doing so- it. <laughs> yeah. So um, but I just kind of wanted to toss this question out there because now that it's been over 10 years and I'm not to be clear, I don't want this to be one of those like, oh, his movies would have been like this. Or, like we talked about a lot of stuff. I just mean if he waited what would it like? How would it have been different in terms of the company and the fan, you know, reception of it? And my point being, I guess, to start things off is, you know, if he didn't sell it and he was involved with the sequel trilogy and then sold it thereafter and worked with Kathleen Kennedy in a not here's the baton, you take over now, but here is the baton, let's hold this together and go through some stuff and then you take over. Would it have been a softer landing and more? And would Kathleen Kennedy been less vilified? Because now people can say, you know, B.C.A.D. B.B.Y. A.B.Y. Before Disney, after Disney. Whereas if they blurred those lines a bit and George, you know, was more involved because we'll never forget that interview where they're both sitting at that round table And she's talking about George's ideas and he's talking about, you know, what Star Wars means and what it's all about. And then obviously it turns out they didn't use his treatments. If if that existed where he's still involved, Disney owns the company, but George Lucas is transitioning a soft transition out. I think it would have been better overall for fandom. I think would have been better overall from a PR standpoint for Disney. And I think George Lucas probably would have been more at peace because he could have been involved with telling his stories uh, of what he wanted to close out this saga, so to speak. So I'm just starting it there. I'm not saying this has to be an hour discussion or anything like that. But the thought crossed my mind when I thought about like how much just people like take that easy route to oh, when did that come out? Oh, when Disney did it. So it wasn't George Lucas. Crap! It's crap. And just like with mm-hmm. Indiana Jones coming out, all these people saying this movie stinks before the movie comes out and like on our videos, posting things that weren't even true about the movie. I just think that it made it easy for people who wanted to hate it to hate it. So what do you guys think if, if, if it was more of an ease in and he was involved? Uh, I think it would have been a better choice. Um, I'm not saying he should have done it. I he George Lucas can have, do whatever he wants. But looking back, do you guys agree with that or do you think it doesn't matter?
2: I think it's tricky because for me, I would have to look at all the facts of what he was promised or what discussions were had. Like, I know from personal kind of friends and stuff that have done big business acquisitions or big business agreements where they sell their company or something that they're passionate about to someone else, and then it doesn't go the way they planned it because initially what they were talked into isn't what transpires. So I guess for me, the question would be, what was he promised before he sold? Because to me, like you said, John, he had this very kind of optimistic, like, oh, I'm going to give them my stories and they're going to continue this on and my legacy continues far past me. But I'm at the point where I'm done, but my characters will continue on. and. You know, despite what anybody thinks about J.K. Rowling, she does talk about how with Harry Potter, those characters live in her head. It's something that she's constantly thinking about. And I get that for any author who creates these kind of very broad, expansive worlds that are responsible for such an impact on pop culture and storytelling and like just the way things have impacted people's lives, like Harry Potter and star Wars are similar in that way. Like there's whole generations that have grown up with those things um, with star Wars, obviously more yeah. so that people have grown up for 40 plus years. But I, I think the hard cut and the treatment of, Oh yeah, these were your characters. Yeah. They're not anymore. We're going to throw out this treatment and not use it is what kind of, I think set that, ball in motion, so to speak of, oh, he didn't get what he was promised, Mm -hmm. which then leads people to assumptions. You know, how many years later, what year we 10 years ago, 10 years later, 11 years, where people are like, Oh, that's not what George wanted. Because technically, it's not he wanted them to use the outlines for the movies that he laid out to tell the story, and they didn't use those. So it's just interesting to me that people make that argument but then at the same time have hated him for a very long time (laughs) with the prequels and whatever so it's like you know you got to take everything with like okay well what is the truth but i think there is a i wouldn't say bitterness is the right word but there's definitely something to george where he feels slighted I genuinely think that because the only the only time I've ever seen him enjoying himself talking about Star Wars in recent years was the clip they released of him talking to Dave Filoni about the Clone Wars
0: yeah I agree that is the only time that 60 minutes interview he's clearly he he got pretty raw about it so yeah I mean Um,
2: he even like what did he say about Mickey Mouse he was like Mickey Mouse's slavery or something—I don't remember. He called, they, he called them
0: white slave owners or something. I don't know what he said. Something like that. Something I mean, very
2: point not point. good. Which you can't look at that interview and go, "Oh yeah, he's cool with it."
0: He's well, cool. George Lucas always hated big studios. Like it's on—it's uh, pretty clear he but was. He still uh,
2: sold it to them though. That's the other piece of this. Is like, well, he
0: was offered the CEO position at Disney and turned it down. at one point right, too? Right, um, right. But James, let, let's bring you in here. Uh, Do you you think more of a um, less hardened handover would have uh, helped things overall? Uh, Not necessarily from a uh, movie creation standpoint, but maybe just perceptions and and all that sort of thing.
1: It's a huge hindsight question. Yeah. Because to me, If you sort of look back at where George was at the time in in 2012, he's thinking I did the prequels and I'm really proud of them. And they didn't get received well at all. And we were still we're starting to get to that point where they were coming back. Did the But I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think he did this. um, He did that thing with uh, Uh, Cameron where he was talking about how you know he had this idea and stuff and he goes I think I think the my my fans or Star Wars fans would have hated it because I think what he was in that time period he was thinking this is what I would do with Star Wars but I know if I do that I'm just I mean maybe maybe it would have been great and maybe we would have accepted it 10 years after he did it or whatever but I think that when he's in that mindset, he says the only direction I can, I can think to take this franchise the way I would do it. If I was going to do it, I think it would hurt my legacy more than help it, especially since they didn't like the prequels.
0: I, that's a good question you bring up because I don't know who knows the answer to this, but I wonder how much from a, um, public, uh, praising situation george lucas cares about his legacy because he always seemed to be like i'm making the movies i want and everyone cares even when
2: they say they don't they do yeah it's human nature to care you can't i get it it's like easy to be like i'm above this but even the most kind of tuned off person i would say like a martin scorsese still probably
1: oh he was hurt
0: by the prequel backlash, I think he was pretty vocal about that. That hurt him. Right. So
1: I, so I think that's the thing is like, I think when you have someone who's going to do whatever they're going to do, um, that's that's one aspect of it. But knowing that it's like it's going to. You know, like hurt you and like people are not going to like you and it's going to be a bad decision. I I don't know, it's tough, it's tough. I think he was just really on the fence with it at the time. And he was pretty convinced, he'd convinced himself that if I did feature Star Wars movies, people are probably not gonna like them. And then, so he says, all right, so then then I just won't make them." And then he starts thinking, well, then that means that I'm never gonna have the opportunity to see what Star Wars becomes because I hold the rights to it and they're never going to do anything with Star Wars until I'm gone. And he, he also, so I wanted think he his, came to terms
0: with all his employees to still have work. That was a big reason, right?
1: Too. Yeah.
0: Um. So and I, he donated a lot of the money. People think he just saw, I'm a, I took four billion dollars. He donated a lot of that money
2: and built the museum that he's yeah. building.
0: Yeah. So I, I kind of
1: think that, like in in retrospect, like I don't think it was like a bad decision on his part. Um, but the real conversation being more like had he had he been more confident and or or maybe exactly um, as we were kind of discussing, like the I'm going to do it anyway attitude. He's like, it's my money. (laughs) You know, I'm going to I'm going to make the movie that I want to make and I'm going to release it If people don't like it. People don't like it, whatever. If he did do that and maybe worked with Disney on it, um, I I think that there's a good possibility that it could have. Uh, gone a little bit better, probably just simply because of the the George would have maybe seen a vision a little bit differently or something. I'm not I don't know. It's tough
0: to say. I think this scenario, but
1: he's because he's still working with Disney. Who's who's like, let's monetize it and make it big and whatever.
0: Yeah. I I think this scenario, in my opinion, in retrospect now, it's easy to be uh, retrospective and like point out things that were good and bad. So I understand that, that this is coming from that perspective. But if he sold the company, but there was the negotiation that he got to finish just the Skywalker saga with Disney, but it's Lucasfilm and he's in charge and does seven, eight, nine. And people see that George Lucas made seven, eight, nine. I don't want to get into the weeds about the story and the treatments and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people see that Disney puts out George Lucas oversees full creative control his seven, eight, nine. Does that give more public trust to Disney for the other stuff going forward, knowing they put out George Lucas's three to close out that story? Skywalker saga done. Then George rides off into the sunset and people can say, like, well, all right, Disney did these George Lucas movies. We're going to give them more of the benefit of the doubt here. We're not just going to go into auto hate mode. We're not going to turn all on Kathleen Kennedy. That's sort of the uh, smoother transition. I'm sort of talking about like uh, give him those three. They would have, like say they came out every three years like his other trilogies. So say like 2015 2018 2021 we're talking about two years ago would have been done. George Lucas is in his mid 70s. Then he leaves because he was like sixty eight when he sold it. Um, 100%. I think, I think looking back, that was probably the better move. Um, and I'm not, and I love the sequel trilogy. So don't mm-hmm. look at me and think like, oh, he's just looking to because you know, I don't. The George f- Lucas stuff. He didn't but, go to the
2: Last Jedi premiere, right? And he didn't go to Rise of Skywalker premiere. He only went to TFA as like a yeah. Sia. and then he went to Solo
0: and he did the 40th and, anniversary celebration in Orlando.
2: Right, right. But yeah. I'm saying And I'm, it's
0: not Star Wars, but he did go to this
1: indie premiere too. Right. So there was some some like handoff well, he, of my characters and I on, and I'm okay India, yeah. with the what Disney did with it. Yeah.
2: yeah. It seemingly uh, he only went to the stuff that either Harrison was involved in or Harrison his character <laughs> was involved in with Solo.
0: Well, yes, because the Solo movie was his idea. Right. So that was like um Yeah. It, But I I don't know, I I just think and it's like I said, it's very easy to play the Monday morning quarterback and like look back. But I think if even I I would love to like even hear him talk about this uh, candidly and say, like, you know what? I I wish I held on a little longer, you know, Uh, because like you said, James, maybe people would have hated them. But, you know, in time, people freaking hated the prequels. I think people need to remember that they did like even like I like there were parts of the prequels. I was like, oh man. And it's like, you have a hard time defending them to your friends and all that. stuff. It I mean, was there's like, still stuff in the prequels that I don't like. Yeah. It's rough. The love story, the dialogue, it's rough, but if people come around to it, because the, the, that trilogy belonged to a certain generation of kids who are now older and have the voice and the same thing would happen with the sequel trilogy and the same thing would have happened to George Lucas's sequel trilogy, but at least it would have been George Lucas told his story, the nine movies, there it is and it would have been nice neat tight put it in a box there's your george lucas saga then disney who's who did those gets to go on and make your rogue one and all your new movies and stuff they could have also been doing it at the same
1: time yeah they could that you're right disney is you know they do episode seven and then they make a rogue one and it it doesn't have george lucas involved in it but we sort of see oh well that was cool too you know But, yeah. like, but then we get the George Lucas one again with episode eight or whatever. And actually, I think like one way to really grasp this for me and why I think I'm going to agree with it, it probably would have been a better system is I think that I have a lot of faith in George Lucas as a creator, period. Director, oh. producer, anything. And I, I think he's great. And I think I can trust his opinion on this. And I think that if you were to ask him today... Do you think you could have done a better job, or do you think that the Star Wars movies would have been better, well received, even with what you had in mind? I know what you said when you talked to Cameron that th- in that interview, but now in 2023, retrospectively, do you think that you could have done better than what Disney came up with with Seven, Eight, and Nine? I think his answer is yes. Privately, I think May, his answer is yes.
0: And I'd, yeah, I don't want to assume what he thinks, but based on like those interviews and stuff, I would think he would think he made better movies because they're his story. But he would say that the audience wouldn't have liked them as much as they liked TFA, which people saw as a safe movie. I don't think it is, but I mean, they yeah, it I mean, on Solo. But
2: similarly, what James was just saying, I think if you. Look at it from a different creator angle. If you said James Cameron sold Avatar to Disney and then they went on to make Avatar without him, I think he would say the same thing. He'd be like, "Well, those were my movies. Like, those were my things and yeah. they took it in a different direction." I think Look at the
0: Terminator just, movies after he left.
2: I think yeah, I just think it's a general thing that anybody that puts time, passion, creative energy into something that they care about the moment it doesn't become yours anymore and it goes to someone else and then your ideas are thrown away like think about like when you leave a job and you've set all the stuff up for the job and then you leave the job even a good bad break whatever the next person in line takes the job and then undoes what you did or trashes it all like there's a feeling of like wait a second so what i did didn't matter Mm, and i think that's human nature that, that people have that feeling. So I can't yeah. blame George Lucas or necessarily no. not think yeah. that he doesn't feel that way. I think it's human nature to feel like, okay, but what is my legacy then? Because I had plans. And we talked about those plans. And you went away with the like, threw it in the trash, so to speak.
0: A, a, a good analogy to pair with that about the job is I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but I have. It's like when you move away from a house and then your family goes back to like, see, you, oh, I wonder what the old house looks oh, like.
2: Oh, and they have done terrible things to it.
0: And we yeah, I did that. We went back to Long Island and we looked at our old house. And we're like, oh, my God, they got rid of the pool and they they, oh my, my basketball hoop's gone and they changed that they got rid of that tree. I can't believe they got rid of that tree and you, it doesn't belong to you anymore. But in your heart, it does because you have that memory of, oh, I used to climb that tree. I swam in that pool, and these people just got rid of it.
2: Like when but my sister had an apartment and sold it to this lady, and the lady took all the hardwood floors out and put carpet in. And my sister was like, "I just put all those hardwood floors in."
0: <laughs> Don't they just put carpet over the hardwood floor though?
2: She ripped out the hardwood floor and sold the hardwood floor, and then put carpet in.
0: That's a wild. That's a wild. Movie.
2: That's what I'm saying. But like, that's the stuff. That like my sister was like the. It's the idea that you put so much effort and time and thought into whatever that. Oh, That's
0: impossible. I don't know. Like yeah. he is the ultimate Jedi because the attachment thing he talks about. Like, right. If George Lucas was bitter and angry about what they were doing, he would be the the Sith. That he's saying, like, I told these stories for you not to have he attachment. Made the choice, yeah. So it has to be so difficult though for him to to do that. Knowing, it's on like, his face
2: though, if you. <laughs>
0: oh yeah he always looks sort of like oh god <laughs> he looks yeah a
2: little unhappy <laughs> uh,
0: which is why i love josh robert thompson's impression of him he doesn't like bitter angry oh they're like uh oh, idiots yeah he's like oh, a <laughs> bunch of idiots <laughs> yeah um but uh and shout out to jrt the guy who rules hope he comes back on the pod one yeah day. he was but, super funny um i i don't i didn't expect this to be that long of a conversation i think we're about 20 minutes in but I think we sort of laid out what it could have looked like. And again, we're not sitting here saying like we knew better because anyone, yeah, any, anyone could go back and, you know, say what could have been done differently about anything in life. Um, but I, I just I'm thinking about that situation now, and I just feel like it would have made a lot of things a lot easier for people. And like, again, to be clear, I really do enjoy the sequel trilogy, but imagine not having the divisiveness of TLJ. Or the, the people even that say,
2: oh, it's not George's, Exactly. And of even if, decisions were made. Even if he yeah. made
0: an episode eight that people were like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did that. You could still just be like, it's look, George's. dude, he, he invented it. Yeah. He do whatever the hell he wants. So, And it's just, I think like it, that it's, alternate it's, timeline it's, is interesting to think about. Sorta of. and uh, yeah and it's it's interesting
1: too because like I'm trying to think of examples where like in any case where you're handing off any sort of franchise like this like which is better to do let those original creators work with the new creators and sort of produce and and kind of hand off that process or is it always better to rip the bandaid off set a hard line in, in the sand and be like this is the new generation and none of the old creators are even involved. I think probably 10 times out of 10, the better option is like, you know, having the creators be s- the, the people who worked on it before be somewhat involved in the new project, to, at least to some degree.
0: Yeah. And let's not discount the pe- there are, a, uh, I think, a bunch I mean, of there are who yeah. are glad that George Lucas didn't continue making the Star Wars movies because they felt like he lost his touch and They probably think like there's no way he would have made a better Star Wars movie than in 2015 or 2017 than J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson did. There are fans who think that way. There are probably fans who are hearing me say that now, saying like, "Well, they're nuts," but that's the whole like everyone. There's Mm -hmm. all these different opinions and nuances to all this stuff. I'm just in thinking in general, not of terms of like what George Lucas's movie would have been like. I just think in general that type of more overlapped transition would have really softened the landing and made it set up Disney in a better light. Kathleen Kennedy, most importantly. Uh, George Lucas' exit, maybe more closure for him, saying like he got to finish his story. I just think if you look at all the people involved and then the collective in terms of fans receiving it, I think that probably, in retrospect, would have been the best way to go. There's also so many avenues, too. They could have had him
1: direct Episode 7 and then... Just produce and have other people direct I eight we, and nine. You
0: probably get a Steven Spielberg directed one finally if the if maybe he around. Uh, maybe Ron Howard does one of the sequels instead of the solo, like the, it's it just like the butterfly effect. It just everything would have ch- shifted and changed around. But just thinking of the idea of it makes me think of a more peaceful time. But mm. I still enjoy what we've been getting too. So, um, you know. Either way, but uh, anything, any final things to add to this? Because I'm pretty much out of gas on it. But I don't know if you guys have any other, you know, angles to look at it from. And I'm sure our audience are itching and yelling to chime in. And so I'm curious to see what they think on Patreon, Discord, and of course, comments on YouTube and Twitter and every everywhere.
2: I just I would love to have an off the record convo and just be like, oh. tell me what happened. Tell me, yeah, tell me what's going on. Yeah, even though he has no <laughs> need to tell me anything. No, I just hey. I feel like sometimes I look at these scenarios and I just want to understand what happened, like just from a basic like, just tell me what happened so or that just, I can have some peace with it, I guess.
0: How about this? If you could ask George Lucas one question, what would you ask him about this? Not like, so where's Yoda from? But like about this. do this. you
2: regret selling Lucasfilm.
0: In general, do you regret selling it? Yeah. Interesting. I would have been more specific. Oh, I was gonna say I love that that question because that's that pretty much uh,
1: encapsulates the entire conversation. To me, is like, um, you know, it's it's something along the lines of like, do you think if you didn't sell it, you could have done? something better to, for your legacy or the stories just that for the for the sake of the movies you know this the story or whatever it is you think you could have done something better um in your opinion i think it, that it's all along those lines and maybe maybe george lucas does the book route late in his life and just lays
0: it all out in the book he, or something I mean, that could be in the works What uh, did J. W. I I
2: would... say he has a bunch of journals and stuff that no one will ever see
0: Mm. Well, yeah, certainly the treatments for his movies and all that stuff. Well, I think my question would be a little more specific than yours, Lacey, and it would be, mm. do you wish you held on 10 years more and made your seven, eight, nine and then sold it? Like, do you do you wish you waited a little longer to sell it? hmm. Because mm-hmm. uh, he was only 68, you know, uh, when he sold it. So, I mean, uh, they- Kathleen Kennedy's 70. So, you know,
1: the other the other aspect of it, too, is like it wasn't just like a Star Wars thing, too. He was selling other properties as well. And a lot of that came from him deciding that he was retiring in general. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because yeah. he's not he's not making movies now. And if it was like one of those things where like we're talking about James Cameron, you know, he like sells off Terminator, or I don't know, you know, maybe there's a better example, but like, when a when a creator sells off or or disconnects themselves from one of their original pieces, and then they continue to do other things. That's like, man, why, you know, why did you sell it? Well, there's a little bit of an argument for why George sold it, because he sold everything and stopped doing everything, you know, It's like, oh man, it's like kind of a, it's kind of a bummer, but like, does it all stem back from what I was saying at the beginning of the conversation? Like the prequels, did it really hit him that bad that he was like, you know what? I'm just done. I tried to do the indie thing to indie four. (laughs) you. You know what? I just don't think people care about me anymore. And I
0: hope that's not the case. That's I mean, that's fair that that very well could be the case. Um, But I mean, Either way, um, it happened and and then happened how it happened, and now we are where we are. So I still am am enjoying what we've gotten. It's just an interesting sort of alternate universe, alternate timeline look at what could have been. uh, Mm Yep. If, you know, he, it's like the almanac and back to the future just can change, you know, things. Um, But uh, so we hope everyone enjoyed uh, that discussion and. Will the Force and everything we talked about up at the top. Um, be sure to look out for Lacey's review of the new Delilah Dawson book, um, Rise of the Red Blade. Yes. So Woo-hoo. Lacey's going to give a, a review on that. Uh, it's going to be on the channel exclusively and um, a, a nice little honest take on one of the latest Star Wars canon books. Um, but thank you to everybody for listening, watching, and being a part of TRB. Uh, it means a great deal to us. We appreciate it very, very much. Uh Lacey and James already told you where to go and how to get there. But uh, if you are interested, please do check out our Patreon because uh is coming up and and uh things are gonna start ramping us forth uh from us here, and your support is always greatly appreciated. Um as far as me, you could find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and my movie podcast just like the movies. Uh, we are doing Titanic, which will be out May, hopefully tomorrow. Very topical of late. Um, James, how about you?
1: Uh, Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. I guess technically Threads. If you want to come over and say hi there,
0: Threads. Yeah, Threads is huge. It's going to blow up like Hive. Uh, I already Laci. did. It has thirty
2: million people signed up. Um, I am everywhere: Instagram, Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky. Et cetera at Lacey gilleran and on TikTok at it's Lacey gilleran uh yeah that's it
1: yeah i to, to to be fair john i i do think that threads has a much it's a much different game than hive hive was heinous yeah well i yeah. mean hive was threads their got own got company hoping to into- to get yeah bigger and this is Facebook saying we're opening up a new channel yeah, I agree. and everybody yeah. who's Instagram in already on Instagram immediately integrates into the yeah. other one that sure. easily. It's just sure. it, it it will have more staying power, I think. But then again, like, there's like Google Plus and stuff that that also fails. Oh, so, Google you know, Plus, yeah. Google Plus.
0: I like seeing people you know, stick sticking it to the rich man by signing up to join the other rich man's platform you know it's a beautiful thing (laughs) there you go um but i'm there too sort of it's just it's so tiring there's so many uh platforms but find us because we'll be there as well uh, as always but we'll also be with you uh as on schedule as of now wednesday night Uh, with TRB Live this week. Um, Just bumping it up one day. Uh, But we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we will see you Wednesday night with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.